I want to thank our, our sponsor, Diversity Vapor Shop. The Vapor Shop, Buddy Hall, makes his own flavors. They're amazing. Ships all over the United States. So if you want to try them, you're into vaping, you want to try the most unique flavors you've ever tried, go to go to diversity.com, go to jimcren.com. The link is on there, too, his website. But it's Buddy Hall, and they have a, a place in Dormont, Pittsburgh, and Babcock Boulevard, North Hills, in Pittsburgh. And they're our sponsor. Thank you, Buddy, and thank you, Diversity. This is the Jim Cren No Restrictions Podcast. We're coming to you nationwide. We are coming to you worldwide on the Sideshow Network. It's Mike Wysocki, Terry Jones, Mike Sasson, and here's your host, radio and comedy legend. Ladies and gentlemen, put your hands together for Jim Cren. Jim Friend, no restrictions on the Side Show Network. Thank you very much for downloading and streaming. We really appreciate that. We're brought to you by Diversity and our friends at FanDuel at the Side Show Network. And uh, we have Josh Folio, our producers, back with Wayne Wilde, Dave Settlemeyer, Frank Mergia. Uh, Josh was working on the show Banshee, which is one of my favorite shows. It's on Cinemax. I watch Banshee and I watch. Uh, Strike back. So Josh is back. And of course, uh, on Mike, we have uh, Mike Wysocki, Mike Sasson, Terry Jones. And uh, we are on Q92.9 FM in Pittsburgh. Q92.9 FM in Pittsburgh every morning from 6 a.m. to 9. And of course, proud to be on our side show network. Uh, a lot to talk about on the show today. Uh, of course, Stephen Colbert, as of today of this taping, Stephen Colbert has just debuted. It was last night. Uh, first show, and uh, good reviews so far. Everybody's liking the show. He's, he, I think the nerds are going to love him, right? He's got a nerd vibe. It, it's funny because uh, uh, Terry watched the entire show. Yeah. Uh, and uh, we saw parts of it, but, but it was interesting that he is kind of like Terry said earlier, the, the, the same character – that he was on Comedy Central in a way. Yeah. Not terrible. Just not political. <clears throat> well, not the, being that guy. The thing, yeah, he was, it's not. Same personality. Him, yeah, say. same personality. Because it's it's Stephen Colbert. Like, you know the voice, you know the look. And right. it's not much has changed outside of the <laughs> fact that it's not political. Except when he was talking to Jeb Bush, like, he got really into that. You know, he turned yeah. back to that character. But it's but no more neutral, than, obviously. Yeah, it's more neutral. You know how we are on comedy. Off mm-hmm. stage, we're different. On stage, we're over exaggerated version of them, of ourselves. And I feel like he's been that character for so long that no matter what, the delivery and everything is going to be the same. It's just going to be about great, different stuff. Great move on Jeb Bush's part, getting on a first show. Oh yeah, he, and even though the Talk crowd about publicity. Really for him. <laughs> yeah, yeah, the crowd wasn't. Yeah, that's not his audience. But the thing <laughs> that I. The thing I always love is when comedians always will. That's their fallback. It's like, oh, it's a character. Because like I remember when Dice well, came out, it, like they always it, sat there and went, oh, it's a character. He but then said he that, came though. out. But like, but that's the thing about Colbert. He's sitting there going, like, oh, for the last ten years, oh, if anybody dislikes it, oh, it's a character. Oh, it's a character. Oh, it's a right. Character. You could hide behind. Him. But now he can't do that anymore. No. Now he's like, no, it's Stephen Colbert. This is who I am. Because that was kind of a shield he had against criticism when someone said, hey, you did this. Like, oh, you don't have to understand. I'm doing Bill O'Reilly. Yeah, I'm doing Bill O'Reilly character. I'm being somebody special and different. But now he can't do that anymore. So it's kind of a weird vibe how he's going to work out. I, I think he'll just become less opinionated. If you're an opinionated act, you're Bill O'Reilly. If you're not, you're an entertainer. I, I think it'll just be like Steve Colbert, like 
kind of sarcastic. He's, you know what he is? He, he's a perfect choice, I think, for Letterman because his style is Letterman. It's biting. It's a bit sarcastic. Almost everyone's style is a little bit Letterman now. Everybody was yeah, influenced kind of yeah, by him. You see it in Kimmel. You see it in Fallon. And you definitely see it in Colbert. Conan absolutely says, Conan absolutely. Conan says, he says it's basically a Letterman impersonation. Even in John Stewart, well, you see yeah. it. We all have a lineage of him, especially radio. If you're in radio, like we are, right? I mean, you, he's basically w- the guy that influenced the style, a certain style mm-hmm. of humor, uh, you know, for a lot of people. It, you know, everyone's got a little bit of, and if you're older, you have a little touch of Carson, Pryor, all these guys have influences. They're like artists. You know, these comedians are like artists. And if you think about it, that whole genre, we talked about this before, started with the comedy club boom in the 80s. It went from the mountain comic thing to the observational kind of comic. So, well, the, the, we all are influenced by it. The the one thing that I mean it is really big for like the nerds, the hipsters. I think the nerdists are going to love it. Yeah. Because uh the reason you like I mean like he had a Captain America shield right. and he made a joke. That that's what the reference was. He made a joke where he said it's made out of vibranium which isn't microwave safe. And <laughs> so I start laughing. You got like, it. "Oh, see, I got it and a lot of people get it." But it's I guess it's one of those things where even though he's 50, He's for some reason going to hit more of a younger demographic and have a cult following uh, all from a younger group. Exactly. I think exactly. Well, Terrence, because all, of his references and I think his joke writers. Honestly, when you watch the show, it's also let Comedy me know what you Central. Think. You know yeah. his demo. You know, T. You're right. Yeah. It's a funny thing you mentioned, Terry, because you know I'm my my fifties. If you look at who's in her fifties, Conan O'Brien, Stephen Colbert, uh, John Stewart, John Stewart. Yeah. And they're all they say, oh, young, young, and you know what? You're right. Uh, curb your enthusiasm. Larry Dave was in his 60s. That demo. It, because it's an, it's absolutely where they're focused at. You're right. It, they're, they're, let's put it this way. I shouldn't say, I don't think it's an age thing. You know what I think it is? I think it's guys that are comedically influential. If you could be, have influence with your comedy. If your comedy has influence, you will attract a younger demo. Along with the older, but you'll attract a younger because you're influential. You say something that has some smarts to it. Uh, young people will respect that, follow it. And comedically, if it's entertaining and influential, which is you got you got something powerful there. Now he had always had that in the sense with that character with Colbert Report. Does he have it with tonight? His, his late thing? Yeah, maybe. I mean, probably will. I guess. There, I mean, there was some. I'm sorry. I think he's going to have a tough time dethroning Fallon because of that. Because it's funny because Fallon is only a little. I think he's like 41 years old, and but he is his comedy is geared towards more of like a you know a middle ground, and I think that's why it's gonna. I think eventually it's going to be Fallon's going to be the consistent number one, yeah. and then Kimmel and Colbert will fight for number two. But it'll be which one's niche audience is actually bigger than either one's niche audience. You what were you going to say, Tara? Interrupt you. Oh no, you're good. Point. Um, you know, you have a good point when you bring that up. Uh, now, when you talk about uh, uh, Fallon, let's, let's really look at Fallon for a second, what Colbert is up against. Fallon has The Roots as his band, who is a mainstream, uh, well, they were underground up into becoming a mainstream hip-hop band, which they're one of the hottest bands ever. Chappelle got them popular. You know, they tour with Chappelle. So they're famous already. Off Their fan base is going to watch Fallon. Fallon also has the lip sync battles and things that are more geared towards like someone's grandma could watch it along with someone who's in her 20s. And I think Colbert, 
when you watch the show you'll see what i mean it's one like he had this amulet he did this thing where it was like oh you know i sold my soul to the demonic amulet and it was like a goat's horns and stuff and right it made him talk about hummus <laughs> and like he does this whole thing where it's like it's burning my hand i have to do it uh and like for me i was like ah, that doesn't do anything for me but somewhere out there there's you like know, a, I, a smaller I, group of people that are like this is fucking great well you're right well see like that, wayne's that like yeah, segments i understand but but i think what it comes down to is uh just entertainment like in other okay. words i think fallon's just more entertaining i think fallon could do impressions he could sing he's got a likability he's got angles that are funnier i just think it's all this it i think it's i think it's all it is i don't think it's you know anything but that it's just pretty fucking entertaining compared to the other st- what's more the entertaining i think we all just flip around we're you know we just go what's more entertaining and you see this dude sitting with jamie fox spinning a wheel and then doing impressions it, it's kind of that's unique and funny and entertaining it's for the masses you, you go over but any even masses are niche you know it's i like mean yeah. it's like i think they're all trying to go for the masses is what i'm saying yeah they're just not as entertaining well i mean I but that's a unique thing that, to be able to do but that was always the thing between letterman and leno mm-hmm. is that the, what it came down to is everyone said oh yeah leno might be more popular but Letterman's actually better, and he's for the smart people and the more influential people, even though that in terms of actual getting the biggest ratings, Leno does it. So it was almost like a knock on Leno for years. Cause they ex- t- Let's put it this way, guys. Let's not fall into that. That's the excuse. That's an excuse for bad ratings or whatever. That's a spin that they have to give. <laughs> One guy's getting his ass kicked. Well, you better spin it. You know? Well, this, guy's you maybe, this guy's maybe. It's a great point. Guess yeah. what? Leno's fucking funnier stand-up. I'm sorry. I grew up on Leno. I, I saw love, Leno do like, stand-up. People talk shit about his show. I really loved the That's Jay Leno show. Like, I literally stand-up. grew up on the skits, and like he had the character that was the the guy that would always pull out the axe, like the axe murder writer. And there was a skit where he had where um he had like some Italian mobster like shake up. So it was just like one of the greatest Look, things Leno, I've ever seen. T- Le- Leno coming out doing joke after joke, and then you know Letterman going maybe one word over and over and over saying to Paul, "Paul, peanut butter, <laughs> peanut butter." <laughs> maybe that's just not fucking entertaining. Yeah. <laughs> maybe somebody's going, you know what? I'm flipping out. And I'm going to see what else is on. And Leno's at least telling jokes. I mean, people can say what they want, but. Maybe people are sitting there going, I don't know, laughing. I just want to hear the joke. I don't know. Maybe it's funny. Maybe it's not. This guy's at least trying. I flip back over, and this other guy's looking at Paul Shaver going, peanut butter. <laughs> and Paul's going, yeah, it's really, it's really amazing, Dave. It's really <laughs> what, do you, what do you think, Mike? Stand-up-wise, yeah, Leno was one of the best of all. He, I mean, show-wise. Some, oh, show-wise. Show the, the show, the Colbert and whole thing we were talking about. Oh, um, show-wise, I like Letterman way better. I think he was just uh, he was a better interviewer. He was smarter. He didn't kiss ass like Leno did. But stand-up. Well, that's, that's stand-up wise, completely, I agree that Leno was one of the best stand-ups. Yeah, now maybe of all, you but know. I agree with you in a sense, Mike. That there you go. We're, I think you're backing up in a weird way. What I'm trying to say is, what is, it just comes down to what's entertaining. So okay, so right. Mike's sitting there with his viewpoint. He's watching the show. Okay, Leno could have a guest on who's fantastic or whatever. But he's, he was a shitty interviewer. I agree with that. Right. Right. I don't think a guy who has a hundred million in the bank kisses ass, but he looked like he did all the time. Yeah, kind of. because he was a shitty interviewer. Right, right. He's not insecure. He doesn't kiss ass. No, he tell him to go fuck himself. He could buy them and sell them three times. And he, he was doesn't a, have to kiss anyone's ass. And he's an incredibly hard worker, but just a bad interviewer. Right. Some right, people right, don't right. have the talent to do it, so mm-hmm. he's not good. Right. Letterman, 
fucking great interview. Great mm-hmm. interview. Kills yeah. the interview, right? Yes. Yeah. Leno, better monologue. So yeah. what do people yeah. do? They switch yeah. back and forth. Yeah, right? yeah. Because so yeah. sometimes I would inter- switch depending, kind of sometimes on the guest. Yes. You know, I think like it's who what I was, it comes down to. We analyze yeah. it. I think it just all comes down to entertaining. And if somebody has higher ratings, I think they're more entertaining. Yeah. Like maybe Fallon, I don't know, maybe Colbert will have it. We don't know. He just started. He may end up with higher rating. We'll see if he's entertaining. But right now, right. Fallon's pretty entertaining. He's but, very talented all the way around, Jimmy Fallon. Yeah, he he's is. Somebody who, you know, make you, he's got to be funny enough for us not to switch on. Like my nieces like him, and they're like you know, 12 That's exactly and what I'm 8 saying. years old. Well, yeah. because when you're a great entertainer, mm-hmm. it doesn't matter. You, you can, can cross gr- markets, mm-hmm. and you shouldn't mm-hmm. be penalized for that, in other words. No, right. Some people I, I go, well, he appeals you. to the Midwest. No, he's a fucking more entertaining than the other yeah. guy. But under that, <laughs> but if you <laughs> sit there and look at that, like, for instance, like an Arrested Development. Yeah. Which most people like that, like the critics and people all that say, oh, one of the great shows, all this kind of stuff. It is. Never got great ratings. Right. Whereas like a Friends, which most people do not view as being one of the great comedies of all time. It's more, but Friends is more entertaining than Arrested Development. I watched Arrested Development. I'll go through long stretches where I don't laugh. It's really funny when it makes me laugh. I like mm-hmm. the, it's a character niche sh- you know what it is mike i think it's a character show you like the characters you bi- you buy into the characters but you know what entertainment wise it's not that entertaining it's funny when they hit the lines curb your enthusiasm one of the favorite fucking shows in the world now i think it gets pretty good ratings actually because my mom even watches curb like you're saying it crosses oh, yeah. in other words to me if it crosses demo i think it's just it because Curb is funny. Entertaining. It it's is great. It, funny. it's weird for larry david that seinfeld is the second best thing he's done i think it is. I curb your enthusiasm. I think it's I like just better funny. over. Well, yeah, what, it is. It's just... what Curb did, and I've told this to Jim. What Curb did was it made people realize how much of a footprint he had on the Seinfeld show. Because when you start it to legitimize, watch... them, yeah, you're right. Because mm-hmm. it sat the there. Writer. When you sat there and looked at Curb, you're like, wait a minute, that voice, that kind of like dark little you know voice yes. that made Seinfeld. In my opinion, Seinfeld's the greatest sitcom of all time. It is. And the reason why was because of the darkness of Seinfeld. It's just entertaining. Yeah, I, mean, I like George. <laughs> you know, I'm sorry, Mike. I keep saying it, no. but it's like yeah, because I like George. I like you know all the characters, and Jerry was kind of the you know funny. Oh, it was a hilarious show. <laughs> but the, the yeah. thing that I just loved about it was the fact that you know at the end of the show, Newman will be driving down a street, <laughs> his car will light on fire, and yeah. they don't show that he got out. No, he just his yeah. his, his car lit on fire, <laughs> and I just love the fact that that's how they end the show. Yeah, I'm like, that's a really funny, dark way to end a very popular sitcom. Mm-hmm. So yeah, sick demonic Mike Sasson sitting at home going, yeah, he's lit on fire. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I agree with you. I think Larry David definitely legit. You, you see it and you go, wow, man, he really must have read all that stuff. <laughs> I, I think you're absolutely that's funny that you bring that up because that reminds me of the whole Letterman Leno now it's going to be Colbert Fallon the whole thing is that uh, like you said that each person individually has something that draws them to it like Jimmy uh, keeps saying hey it's entertaining and he's absolutely right it's entertaining and then for you it's that oh man that hits like a specific spot for me and I think that's the cool thing about entertainment is that you can choose and comedy is the same way as music we each have a different genre you know I don't want to see hip hop uh, before I see the Stones. Like, I, you don't go to a Rolling Stones concert and you want to see Fifty Cent open for them. It just doesn't match with that crowd. It's not going to happen. What? But if you go ahead and you have someone else in front of the Stones, it's more of that genre. Mm-hmm. Then it's perfectly fine. So I think it comes down to you know what you like. But as you said. If it's entertaining, uh, it's entertaining. But that's what one of the things that always bothers me because other comics will always sit there and say, "Oh, 
Larry the Cable Guy or this Jeff Dunham, this guy's weak and blah, he uses pup. And I'm sitting there going, he sells out arenas. Obviously, somebody finds him entertaining and funny, whereas they'll sit there and go, no, you got to watch this, you know, this New York comic who plays in basements in front of seven people. That's the people you want to look at. And I'm like, I watch this guy and you'll just be like, he's smart. I get that he's got a little bit of a perspective. But to say that, you know, because he, you know, he he's more real or he's more dark and he's more edgy that he's somehow better. I don't know. To me, that comes back to almost the crying cow type pretentiousness that we kind of make fun well, of that, on the show. That's well, annoying as shit, too, because, you know, when you bring that up, uh, you know, you're looking at that guy and you look at the Jeff Dunhams and you look at these guys. If they're not stealing jokes, who gives a shit? They're entertaining people. I want to laugh. Like, I'll laugh at anything. I'll laugh at the comics comic, and I'll laugh at something Jeff Dunham does. I just want to laugh. I just want to be entertained. I don't want anything. I, I was selling DVDs after a show, working with Arnaz J. Arnaz J said, hey, come over here and sell DVDs next to me. One of the coolest gestures ever. I grew up watching this guy. He he tries to pimp out my stuff as he's selling his. I'm like, hey, man, get Terry's DVD. You never see that. And you don't. And this old guy says, I'll buy his shit when he grow up. And I did nothing to this guy. I'm sorry for saying that too. And- <laughs> you have grown up. <laughs> you were only 12 at the time. <laughs> Jimmy can be ruthless when he goes to a yeah, comedy I show. Mean, I see a 12-year-old selling shit. I'm like, I'll school. set up about that shit. And I talked just like that too at the time. <laughs> I don't know what it was. He hates 12-year-olds. I must say, I was getting dental work or I was drunk. I don't know. But I said just like this. I will you get, I wait till you grow up, young man. How something like that? I don't know why. I was you get like vicious that. after a bottle of Cavarsi. Oh yeah. man! I talk about this. Pass the Cavarsi. I don't. Mm, yeah. But, I, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, the guy did that. And uh, keep in mind, the crowd there was at least like 400 people. It was mm. everyone was laughing, having a good time. But that one guy just was not entertained by anything I you, did. You know, it's funny though, Tara. It's like uh, entertainment. I think and is an empathic thing. In other words, we talked about this a little bit before, but. In other words, I think everybody, you open yourself up, and then people see themselves in you. You're connecting. So if you're telling a story, a joke, kind of connecting. You know, mm-hmm. Hey, my wife, blah, 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 people laugh. Okay, they say, oh, you know why? Because there's something about it that connected to the person, and they laugh. You have an impression, yeah. oh, Jesus, I've seen that guy in movies and whatever, but he's putting him in a situation. I don't know, whatever you laugh, it's an empathic thing. So we identify ourselves with a certain performer and that becomes us who we are so it becomes part of our personality so you know if you see the alt guy and you see yourself as the guy who you know hey i should be whatever and i'm not because of society blah 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 and there's this guy speaking for me because he's got you know the the beard and the hipster glasses and nine (laughs) tattoos and whatever and he's he's on stage and the guy's maybe not a performer he's we're an empathic entertainers are empathic so so they're, we're going to grab their empathic vibe from them and it's like but that's who i identify with that's me i would say that now if the guy's hysterically funny they really say it they're like that's exactly how i i'm i'm like that guy that's who i'm like now if you see now there aren't many there are funny like that mm-hmm. usually because they're there's a reason for that they're alternative <laughs> to funny yeah. alternate you know yeah, the alternative to inter- being entertaining and getting laughs but uh but this, but that's what it is. I think we're all empath- empathic, and maybe that, that old guy, you know, he just couldn't relate to a younger person. Maybe his younger life was shitty or something. You know, we all have an inner voice 
I'm going to get deep, Mike. Get ready. Mm, I'm ready. Put mm. your fucking safety belt on. Okay. Um, <laughs> and, and, and in her voice. Up, I'm the only yeah. one that has You know, one. we only started, we, they only started <laughs> doing psychology belt. so many years ago. When you're talking, if, whether it's Freud, Young, or all these psychologists, they all agreed on one thing. We have an inner voice, and the inner voice is a, is a sarcastic, angry thing. We all have that. Now you have to get to know that inner voice of yours. That's what they always say: "Oh, forgive yourself." Blah blah blah. That's what I'm, all therapy, if you're cognitive or all, it's that inner voice. We, so we all have that inner voice. So what happens is, their inner voice is connecting with your inner voice, and then people that criticize you, they're just saying their inner voice is louder than yours. Going, you better listen to your inner voice that you're shitty because your inner voice most of the time is going to be critical of you. So that guy, for whatever reason, Terry, when he was younger, maybe his inner voice. I don't know. He's fucked up. You know, he used to work shit through. No, but it's not you. Yeah, oh, we already I know, know you're me. funny. But you know, come on. If you're getting laughs, you're getting laughs. That's <laughs> what, that's why I say yeah. it always comes down to entertainment because the other shit is all personal shit and figuring yeah. it out and why we're all trying mm-hmm. to figure out why when we don't know why. No one knows why. No one knows why you could think of jokes and another guy can't. No one knows why you, you can get up and make someone laugh eight times a minute for an hour. No one has that fucking answer, but they have to try to make sense of it. So the only way you do it is you got to label it. Okay, this guy can only do Midwest. This guy's only this. No, really what it comes down to, that guy's just motherfucking funny. And he's just, that's it. Because they don't, you really don't know why or where it comes from. You know, I mean, in a religious sense, I mean, personally, I believe in God. Maybe someone doesn't, that's fine. But that's, or wherever, maybe call it spirit, earth, the trees. I don't know. But it comes from something i think it comes from somewhere it's come it's a gift that you were given it, that's all talent to be an entertainer no matter what that entertainment is yeah. someone could sing that's a gift i can't sing someone else may have the gift it's a fucking unbelievable gift some some people right but i don't have it i don't know where it comes from why can they sing and i can't i can learn i can even do a voice voice thing that they make the technology uh, the auto tune auto tune <laughs> i still suck <laughs> <laughs> you break auto tune. I am worse than I mean. I can't even, I can't even do auto tune. It's sad. Well, that's. I mean, we, you you you've talked to me about that, and one of the like the, the like that moment of like aha was mm-hmm. that's one of the reasons why we we're talking about in terms of sports. Right. I mean, at the end of the day, sports is just entertainment, and that's mm-hmm. why it's so important. Like people always talk about like, hey, why do we care if X Y Z players do drugs, or why do we care if X Y Z players are bad people off the field if we're just watching them on the field? Is because we want to feel we're them. Uh, yeah, we're them. We're and connected. so when the steel sack the quarterback and hopefully you know cripple Tom Brady you know that's <laughs> we want it was like yeah that's it's, us now if that person off the field we know is a jerk or is you know it was does drugs or does performance it then we don't empathize with them because no, you know, we could reason it away and we say well you know what no one's bigger than the the, the the whole organization and we cut that individual out you know the reason Tim Tebow is so popular isn't because of his football abilities According to Chip Kelly, no, but <laughs> but is right. I mean, think about it. this guy sells out stadiums and shit to, to, to talk to because they, they empathize with them, they they connect with them. That's me, and I'm you know of Christian value, whatever yeah. he's into, they're buying into, and I think that's yeah, Mike, exactly what you're saying. Sports, that's why sports is is huge. That's why football's huge. You don't see their faces. You really can empathize. You really can become them. Yeah. They really can, really, because you could put that, the face on them in a weird way. You don't see the person really that much in football. And then when you do, they're marketed and angled in a certain way for you to empathize with them. Oh, Peyton Manning. Oh, shucks. He's a regular guy who eats pizza. Yeah. Really? Yeah. He makes 40 fucking million a year. Last time he was Papa John's was when he was 12. Yeah. <laughs> he was on a dare at a slumber party. Exactly. <laughs> Yeah, like a fucking world class athlete. You're giving me Papa Jones and a Pepsi. Are you kidding me? 
That's true. Although I do love both of those brownies. That is true. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Who doesn't love Papa John's really? Pepsi? And Pepsi. <laughs> but that is true as far as like uh, empathizing with Unless people. Coke wants to pay me. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, with with comedy, I think it's uh, a little, you know, how you brought up like sports and everything and, and singing. I mean, we've seen American Idol and everything. But for whatever reason with comedy, everybody wants to be funny. Even singers, even uh the 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 and you know the guys that are in sports because they getting, all want to be funny, funny. Get you late. It get, <laughs> there's something about that laugh that's it's like the best thing in the world but with comedy it's the only uh art form where you can actually go up to the person afterwards and tell them what you think you will yeah, never get a chance to tell days. you'll never get a chance to tell Mick Jagger yo you know what you didn't play my favorite song tonight Literally, after a comedy yeah. show, someone comes up to you and they'll say some bullshit. And they'll be like, mm-hmm. hey, Wysocki, you know, you were very funny, but that joke about kids? I mean, why would you know what's funny, though, T, mm-hmm. is, is uh, at the level that when, when, we're, work, when, we're, when we're doing it now, yeah. you know, uh, and, and, and you could have a choice, you know, as you go on uh, to, to maybe not have those people come up. And that's a big mistake because the reason you're so great, you know, Terry, it's so funny is because I think that happens because because we're people too. In other words, those people come. Maybe they'll say mean things too. In in in, know what happens? That mean thing that hurts comes out and vents out as a bit somewhere. Somewhere else, it comes out as a comedy bit. Maybe a month later, but Terry Jones will have a great comedy bit from that comment. Now, what happens is uh, you notice some of the comedians you may know who became huge. And all of a sudden, they go out, they do their show, they're in a limo, and they're out. They yeah. don't even talk to the people. You know what? Within six months, you'll see their acts, and you'll start to see it falter. You'll start to see those guys not Absolutely. be as funny. And you go, what happened? Well, you cut yourself off from those people from that humanity. are uh, they're connecting yeah. from humanity. Because well, I saw Tracy Morgan. He's as big as he is. He's the only guy that big that I've ever seen get off the stage and walk in the middle of the crowd. And he literally <laughs> thanks makes you people. Funnier. As he's mm-hmm. like, yo, you thanks for coming out. Yo, you yep. brought Mom Dukes. That's what I love. Yo, Mom Dukes here. Yeah. <laughs> you get the you. comments, whether it's good, you. bad, or whatever. You know, but the only thing is you got to make sure. The only thing is you can never. Uh, I don't believe any criticism is, is, is good. I don't think any criticism. I can... I can't name one time anyone any criticism helped me, and and I know people the the, the cliche is you're going to oh you know it's good to get your criticism and it helps you no that's bullshit because I like to know one time a crit- critic has helped you could is anyone is there any criticism you could ever say that that helped my career that helped my life career anything well there's a difference between coaching and criticism that's right you know that's what I'm saying I mean, coaching is suggestion this that people that care about you have done it and say hey this is what I think this should happen that's not the you hear criticism that you know you you ever walk away from someone who says that and say they criticized me no. i walk away from those people and say they helped me yeah now critics though when you look at the criticism i'm saying there is none that can help you and now that I'm, uh, that is not my philosophy i learned that's something i followed from a guy who just passed away dr wayne dyer he does a whole thing about following your you should never listen to the, the he calls it the tribe your family your friends Never listen to the tribe because of that whole deal about the inner voices. You got to come to terms with your own thing and learn your own thing. Because really, are we dumb enough to really? Are you? Are we really that blind? Like, where's performers? We get emails and, and shit uh, you know, right from. For the, yeah, I don't like the show. I don't like this. I don't like that. I respect that. I'll I'll read the email. You know, but if you're really truly a listener, really truly. You know, you'll give me a suggestion. Hey, Jim, I don't like when you do this impression. I'd rather you do that. And I respect that. I think when well, this guy or girl listens, and uh, that's part of my 
group that I care about. And yeah, I, I'm going to work on that, you know, and now, but, but really, when someone writes you, hey, you suck. You're this or that. <laughs> like, well, Jesus yeah, that, Christ. That's coming what from a hateful place inside well, of that. Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. But what do you do at that point? It's like, well, I'm sorry, but there's other choices you have maybe. The, the thing that I always get when, when – I think one of the things about comedy, which is different than a lot of other art forms, is just like you said. Someone comes up to, in, comes up to a Mariah Carey and she sings – that's such a far distant, amazing talent that people view as, wow, I've tried to sing and I can't, so the fact that you can is great. But the thing is, two lines of work everybody thinks they can do because they've done them. Either one, comedy, because they've made people laugh, or two, something in the sex industry. They think they can strip. They yeah. think they can be in porno. I because, can be a porn star. Yeah, because, you know, obviously Mike, you've, you've been I naked. I know I could be a porn star. <laughs> well, Jimmy, I've seen your stuff, and honestly, I know it's, I can do it. it's weak. No, um, <laughs> God damn you, Mike Sassen. Damn, He doesn't Sassen. like your form. You, yeah, that, remember that criticism you got the I email? don't listen to you <laughs> or anyone. I'm stroking. Remember that email I sent about that? Yes, yes. I remember that. It was, I felt it was coaching. I thought it was a structured <laughs> thing. Was I didn't get that. Sorry it was 30 pages. That hurt so bad. <laughs> It's weird with like the hate the hate mail too because it's mm -hmm. not like someone is uh, you know happy with their job and you know they have a good relationship with their wife they're playing with their kids like hey kids we're gonna go out to a picnic but first I gotta write a letter and tell Michael Isaki that he fucking sucks yeah. <laughs> and then I'm gonna be out you know yeah, no, I wish play you with were, my kids yeah I wish you were some grow up yeah I wish yeah. Mike was someone else yeah yeah I know it's not like you're coming from a happy place or no. anything it's coming from their inner it's some critic. lonely you know fuck sitting in, in a basement somewhere just <laughs> hating their life and then taking it out on someone well, see, else well that's the funny thing because you'll hear people say well you know you should look at these criticisms as being you know you should it'll help you analyze yourself no it doesn't because what that is mike that to me the guy who was criticizing the mike wysocki socks is just some egotistical prick saying his inner voice is louder than yours mm -hmm. and saying hey man i'm better than your little you listen to your inner voice let's let's scream at you together you suck and it's like, hey, man, help me. If you think I suck or it's that yeah. bad, just removing me or whatever, that's not the answer. Really? Right. really? Is that the fucking answer? Because it's not like, hey, I'll be right there, honey. I just got to write this hate letter. Yeah. <laughs> Have you, like, anybody, so get rid of the, you should get rid of your. I love you. It's like, well, like there's no other signals out there. Like, it's, you know, what are you going to get rid of? You put another, is this the only signal you get on your fucking dial? Or, <laughs> right. Like, Let me you can go somewhere else and you don't have to replace you. Let me ask you guys a question. Has anybody in this room ever written a letter or an email to any entertainment entity that they did not like. No. No, I can't remember no. doing that. If I, I were to, it would be someone that I do like. <laughs> but yeah. yeah. But not someone, yeah, yeah. But I, I mean, like, I've never, keep it moving. But I've never sat there and said, and oh, ready. I hate this TV show. How can you have it on the air? If I don't mm. like it, I just don't listen to it and I just yeah. forget about it because I'll go, well, I'll, people will agree with me and it'll I, go away. Yeah. I mean, I don't disrespect that. I just don't listen to it. You know what I mean? I agree. With I just you. pray for those people, really, because I think Jesus. If you're in a mood where you're that, like you said, Mike, having that kind of a fucked up day where you're writing someone, uh, I just say, eh, you know what? That's just uh, yeah. tough. Because I'm respond, getting nothing out of that shit. Uh, there's right. no way you can uh, you can get anything out of that. You really can't. I can't unless if there's no one could ever point that out to me. Too. I like the one person to say, "All right, what can I get out of that? You know, what are they can say? Well, get better. Well, that would mean you. You know, at some level." How would you even get to the level you're at if you were de delusional? In other words, you wouldn't make you wouldn't be doing you wouldn't be doing what you're you're doing for a living. You wouldn't be in a place where somebody's if somebody's critiquing you. In other words, your job, whatever you're doing, whatever that is, if you're making a living at it, then you you can't you could not have been delusional. Yeah. You don't need that motherfucker to, to write you to tell you you're delusional. 
In other words, that's that's what they're saying basically in their critiques. If they're saying, well, I don't, you know, say it's radio, I don't listen, blah blah blah. I'm not that delusional. I really know what's. I, I have a judgment of what's funny and what's not. Yeah. I know when I'm not funny. I know when I am. I know when it's. You know, I I got a pretty much pretty decent handle on that. We all do, I think, in a sense. I mean. That's what they're saying. They're saying, "Hey, your inner voice is fucking delusional." The worst is that guy, but actually at a live show. I just had an incident where a dude <laughs> yeah. rolled up on me yeah. while I was performing on stage, and it was is the weirdest thing ever. I I mean, I didn't tell the story. I but. had a, I had, okay. I got a good. I got a good one for you though. To you. Oh no, you're good. I've had a lot. You want to tell yours first? No. Or? Well, you tell yours first. Okay. So this is what happened. <laughs> <laughs> I get booked. This guy hits me up. I say, contact Talent Network to do the booking. They do it. Everything's right. The dude puts in the deposit. He does everything right. I'm like, okay. He has money for me in an envelope. I'm like, okay, it's going to be legit. So uh, he has music and DJs and has a comic before all that and then says he wants me to close the show, which doesn't make sense. You should have the comic then, then me, and then finish out the night DJing so right. people could dance and <laughs> dance the, you know, whatever the hell. The night, the night away. A night, uh, completely. <laughs> so I get there. It's late. There's, yeah, I know that song. <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> but I get there. There's a uh, delay on the tunnels and everything that was here. I get there a little late. I come in. Did not know it was a hood event, okay? My grandma shows up. My grandma's there. Okay? Your grandma was there. Grandma Ice Cream was there. Cause she's Wait like, I gotta see my baby. So. Gram- oh, I mean, thought I mean grandma. You met Grammy. That's her. Yeah, you That's met Grammy. Grandma Ice Cream. She's great, yeah. good lady. And uh, great so lady. she came to the show. She's sweet. Uh, and I come in and I didn't realize it was a hood show. Okay, <laughs> so I'm like, fuck, one of these again. <laughs> and uh, you know, everyone's dancing in suits to Zap Roger, uh, bounce it out, and it's in the Eagles Club. Did we call oh. Grandma Ice Cream? Would you say Ice Cream? Grandma Ice Cream. That's what. So it, I don't that's her you nickname. Me as Grammy. Her as grandma. It's like Grammy. Grammy. That's what I said. All right. We, yeah, we, but Grammy I, I has call to her come grandma to one of our shows. I didn't know she comes out to the shows. Yeah. Well, Grammy. This is her first time actually seeing me on outside of like the things that we like did, parts. like TV and radio yeah. and stuff. Like yeah. she never got to see me do stuff. She saw you and I when, when I on the TV stuff. Yeah, TV Pittsburgh stuff. We today did. Stuff. Yeah, Pittsburgh Today. Pretty cool. And all that stuff. Yeah. So um, she's there. I'm like, this is gonna be weird. These people are dancing. They're like, why the hell you turn the music off? They're like, the man of the hour comes. So they're like, we're going to bring them up. Terry Young, ladies and gentlemen. Terry oh, Young. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so I'm like, all right. I was like, they don't even know who they booked. I make jokes about the whole me looking like Michael Vick, whatever. It works out. They're laughing. I'm like, I'm going to have to rip on people for 30 minutes. It's one of those rooms. Mm-hmm. Okay. So I'm going down the aisle, just <laughs> ripping on people. There's this guy. He had a white suit on, and he stood up and started dancing. And I was, and someone said, he's casket sharp. And I was like, no, nah, he already been to heaven with that suit because he's dead. <laughs> <laughs> that suit's all white. He's stepping in the name of love with Jesus. And they're laughing, and everything's going good. So I tell this story about what happened to me at a funeral because I find some things at funerals funny. And I've mm-hmm. laughed, and I tell this bit. So this guy goes, I've been to a funeral, and he was giving me a hard shit the whole night. Okay, And I go, uh, what funeral? He said, I went to a comedian's funeral. He's like, comedian died. I said, who? He said, you. Okay. Oh, my God. Crowd goes, Terry oh, Young? Terry Young. So <laughs> Why would you say that to Terry Young? <laughs> Take that, Terry Young. I'll be the honest with you. you. I'll say be honest with you. Terry Young, weak. Terry Young. So <laughs> yeah, I don't like Terry Young. Don't you ever say that about Terry Young? As a nice young man. So Terry Jones, but you'll never buy his stuff until he grows. You Terry, grows up. You Terry said. Young need to be Terry grown. Yes, 
Then I get it. She just said, yeah. Come on now. Terry could have just said, I agree. Terry Young's like that. Terry Young turns into Terry grown man. Terry Jones? Hysterical. I had to do. That is the most amazing route to take the heckle somebody. That is the most creative heckle in the world. It was very creative. That is a guy committed to heckling. Oh, yeah. Because it was late at night. They were getting tired. Everything was going good. They were laughing. They're having a good time. That is this also dude an, asshole, to be an asshole. By the way, so what happens is <laughs> he goes. I said, "Motherfucker, I never die." <laughs> okay, at this point, because I'm like, "Fuck these people." Okay, I'm gonna do what the fuck I want. And then someone goes, "Yeah, get him." So this guy had a pink outfit on, pink hat, pink shirt, oh, some tan uh, shorts, and pink shoes. Now I see the anger. I go, I go, okay. Well, this guy, you know, I'm talking about his peach <laughs> outfit and stuff. My oh hell, <laughs> Jimmy spilled his coffee. Sorry, good. Sorry, good. Uh, uh, you good? Yeah, I'm good. Okay. So, <laughs> Just um, so while this is going on, he stands up. Somebody says, "Get him, Rob." I said, "Motherfucker, nobody ever gets me." I said, "You can sit your ass down and shut up, right?" <laughs> Laughing, he comes up. Dude walks up Wait, to the me. The guy with the pink on. The guy with the pink comes up to me. So I'm like, at this point in time, I'm either going to have to hit this guy. You're not going to be. Yeah, you don't. Want or to hit a guy I'm going to have to say something. Yeah. Because if I hit him, then it's Jimmy Crenn's. You know, Jimmy Crim Morning Show. <laughs> yes, God. Terry Jones. Terry Jones. You Terry Young the, hits. I got a God. feeling you hit that guy in the pink. He's going to go, do it again. Yep. <laughs> go ahead. So, call me love, bitch. This time, but go ahead and do it. So it's an awkward situation because you don't know if this dude's tired of you, like, ripping on him and he feels embarrassed right. or if he's going to come up. So he played oh, it cool. Yeah. I read it. And I said, you got one shot. He tells a joke. He says, you're dressed uh, in black jeans and this. And you, I don't know if you want to go to the club or the church. But he told the joke. That's what he told that joke. Okay. And nobody laughed at it. Oh, I was Instantly about to use that. Instantly died. The day that guy in a pink died. And I said, uh, that's a song. You should have said, and then I go, you should have said no homo before you put on your whole outfit. And instantly <laughs> oh, kills, <laughs> kills the room. And I dropped the mic and it shatters. The mic shatters? End of the show. The mic shatters. End of show. You got to close on the Greatest shatter. thing ever. I love that story. And nice. Terry Jones was born. And Terry, <laughs> yes. and Terry yes. Young Terry made his name. Young. Yes. And the whole guy said, Terry that's Jones. a good young man right there. Then after the show, he like, that, that, that boy good. Terry Young. Yeah, that's right. funny. He's all right now, Terry Young. Shuck a duck and quack, quack. Oh, it was the worst gig ever. It yeah. was horrible. Not wow. the worst. I've been My the worst. My story but. sucks next to that. Jesus Christ. <laughs> I'm not going to tell well, him. Ashamed. But mine was just stupid. I was just about <laughs> heckling. I did, uh, I did this bit. On the radio, you know, it was a Trivial Pursuit bit with these characters. And then I did it on stand-up. And the guy came up to me, oh, God, accused me of stealing from the guy on the radio. <laughs> <laughs> it was me. And I couldn't get it through to him. I'm like, no, that's, I did that. I'm like, Don't you tell me. I know what you did. You stole from the guy on the radio. No, the trivial precipitate. <laughs> That's what he did. The trivial. He had the guy and the thing and the truth. Word for word. I go, I did that on the radio. That was me. <laughs> Who do you think you are? <laughs> like, Jesus Christ. That is awesome. Yes. That's Yelp better me. than my story. Yelp you stole from Jimmy you Young. You stole from yourself. <laughs> you stole from Terry Young. <laughs> that was Jimmy Young. That's oh, awesome. God. Well, you know, I, I, I'm excited about football. Of course, the Steelers and Patriots. We got to talk a little about stealing because of uh, Bill Belichick, <laughs> Mister Excitement. Do your job, uh, and of course, uh, the fantasy football. We have our fantasy teams ready to kick off, and I'm a uh, Fanduel, which I uh, I love Fanduel. Uh, talk about it is the first week here. Players, uh, you get to pick all your players. You have a you have a cap on Fanduel. 
and you, you put your amount in, you log your amount. And by the way, if you get a special offer for new users, every dollar you deposit, FanDuel will match it with up to 200 bucks that gets earned as you play. It's, it's a bonus of up to $200. The offer is good for the first 50, first 50 people that use my code KREN, K-R-E-N-N, today. First 50. Don't forget to use the code K-R-E-N-N. It's FanDuel.com. Every day is a new season. That's what they always say. Every day is a new season. That is F-A-N-D-U-E-L.com in sign up today i i I love uh to be able to do that after you you know you you win or lose you can move on to to the next game next team uh of course my thing is the nfl you i know you guys love the nfl too uh they're paying out over 75 million dollars a week this football season 75 million dollars a week Fandle's a leader in one week fantasy football with more winners and more payouts than any other site. Uh, building a team is, is easy. You pick your players, you stand under the salary cap. As I said, sit back on Sunday, watch your team win. Entry fees, they start at $1. $1, anyone, anyone can play. Uh, I, I really enjoy it. It's a lot of fun for football fanatics. You know, It's great. Let me know how your squad is doing. Let me know how you're doing on FanDuel. Uh, at Jim Cren, tweet me at Jim Cren. Let me know how your fantasy team is. Let me know how your FanDuel team is is doing. Go to FanDuel.com. Once again, click on the microphone in the upper right hand corner. Use my code Cren K R E N N. Sign up today at FanDuel.com. Just want to make sure to tell everybody that because that's it is such a fun thing, man. Uh, awesome. uh, doing FanDuel really. If you're a fanatic, like I said, we're ready for our fantasy teams now. I'm going to start spying on other people's fantasy teams. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. Yeah, That's like it. That. Spygate with, mm-hmm. with Waisaki. You're going to uh-huh. go into their houses and look through their garbage and stuff like yes. that? Yes. <laughs> yeah. Find out their information. Who did he use last week? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Sending people through trash and uh, having people like infiltrate the other team's locker rooms and stealing game plans. Do you crazy. think... And we all played at some lower... Le- you guys played at higher levels than me, but... I, I just remember playing ball that I, I just can't imagine. Like, one, if a receiver runs a route, he runs a route. I don't know if that makes that much difference, some of the things that they're saying. I do. Uh, the plays maybe tear. If they the, actually knew the plays, yes. If you knew yeah, the first 10 play sequences, yes. But if, you know, Bill Walsh and those guys would do that, they, they started that designing, having the first 10 plays. Mm-hmm. As you start, you know, every yeah. disciple of Walsh does that. So I guess if you knew the plays, the funniest thing is like when you read anything about Vince Lombardi in, in the Packers, that's what that's why I think people still love him today is philosophies and things you read about Lombardi because like the Packer sweep and stuff, he didn't give a shit if you knew. Oh, of course He'd not. tell the players that too. I don't give a shit. Mm-hmm. Execute the fucking play. Make sure the play is executed perfectly. You can't stop it. Mm-hmm. Everybody does their part. And and. When I watch Billichek and any kind of behind-the-scenes stuff when they're videoing, he has that same philo- weird philo- that philosophy where it's that do-your-job line, do-your-job. You know, everybody has to do their certain line. So when you watch a guy win championships, you watch a guy say, do-your-job, you watch a guy do it. And I start thinking, all right, does he, did, he really, did he really need to cheat? Does he really need to – did that really – should that keep him out of the Hall of Fame? Did that, I think I, so. Do you think so, T? I, um, I've – 
Okay. So when we look at Peyton Manning and he calls these cool ass audibles, I yeah. mean, even if you play Madden, you can call a hot route <laughs> right. if you read the defense. I used right. to kill people with hot routes with Heath Miller. Yeah. But the the thing is <laughs> that it, it feels like that. It feels like there's a difference between reading the defense right. and actually knowing when they're going to make the signal for the play. Heinz Ward and, has complained about it a few times against Patriots looking back at the hey, that they seem like they knew plays ahead of time. And I the scary part is the fact that they knew the defensive signals. Right. Like they knew exactly what was going to be called on defense. Now, offense I can understand if they read it like, okay, well there's this formation or what but the fact that they could read everything on defense and be like branch, you're going to do this route and they could call it right then. That's the part that kind of messes with. Here's it. I feel what like I they didn't need it, but those Here, players are superstar. Here's what I think too. If you're a team first and 10 Okay, if I know you're going to run or pass or whatever, if I know specifically you're going to run, I'm going to put eight in a box or whatever. But guess what? The quarterbacks read call audibles right at the line. So Okay, so I knew your first ten plays. Hey, it's a run the first play, guys. They're going to do this slot play to second. There are a hundred plays they're going to change to first off. As soon as I see eight men in a box, I'm up in the line. I go blue 58 or whatever. I'm going to hit my back on a, or whatever. I'm going to hit a slant. I, I already got the play audible out. Now, that's my point. My point is, when the player's at the sophisticated level that they're on, I don't believe that it made that much. I don't even know if that's – first off, we have to see if there's – maybe there is proof. I don't know if these teams do this stuff. But the point I'm making is how much – maybe it's psychological help for them. Maybe psychologically. But I think any quarterback could read that and just call a line. I mean, if I know your play, Mikey, there are six different plays I can go to. If there, if I know your receiver's going to go, hey, we're going to this is the hot receiver. This guy's doing a V out and in or whatever. I'm, uh, guess what? If I'm a quarterback, he's covered because the guy knew the play, he found it in a dumpster. Guess what? I'm taking my secondary and third and fourth route. Then you better be a great quarterback. If you're a great quarterback, you could read that. Your whole game, not just the first few plays that you found out about. You've got to be able to read it the whole game. But so you, you could say, I could hit the third receiver. I'm the best fucking quarterback in the league. That's what Brady and uh, guys like Ben, Brady, Peyton, they could hit their third and fourth receiver. That's their vision. A guy's covered first. He's the second read, third read, fourth read. If you could read four reads in a second or two, you're a great fucking quarterback. Well, here's the thing, That's though. But point. the NFL is such it, – it, it's the most competitive league in all of sports. And if you look at statistically speaking, like something ridiculous, like 80% of the games are decided within one touchdown. Right. And so if you're talking about one play mm-hmm. or two plays that you have right. a little bit of an Maybe inkling you know on. Maybe it's a run. Well, I don't but, know. But, but it like, you, you talk about that situation where Only you said, okay, hey, first, but the problem is, is you don't think that, okay, if Belichick, because Belichick always his thing is, his famous thing is, Belichick's going to take away your first option. Okay. So if you sit there and say, okay, first play, we want to run power to the strong side to the tight end if that's your number one play and all of a sudden you sit there and say oh they're overloaded to that side now all of a sudden as a team you're now going to your second option right your second option is often not the play that you really want to run right. it's to your thing that you're not going so if you let's say you're playing the Steelers and they're saying okay on first down we want to fake it to our running back run a boot and get get it to Heinz Ward right. well if they know that and they and so Ben's now checking to a play that is not their number one you've already put the Steelers or any other team at a disadvantage because now all of a sudden they're going to their second, third, fourth options. But Mike, I think that in the NFL, there is no number one. In other words, I think the of NFL is so great. Well, they have preference. They have preference. Every but team I has strengths though, Jimmy. They do, but but I also think that if a receiver's covered, whether they don't know the play, 
and, and you have to have the ability to read it and call the get the secondary receiver. You know, if a guy's double teamed, he's a number one receiver. You got to be able to see the second receiver. You got to be able to call the audible. You got to be able to hit the hit the back out of the backfield. You know what I mean, Mike? Because I understand, but they're they're at such an elite level. I don't believe the secondary receiver. You know, if, what are you going to do? Double the, the first well, Jimmy, guy? You're stopping a play. You're going to double blitz if he blitzes or whatever. He's going to call. But Jimmy, if you run, a, if if somebody runs a okay. four five, yes, and this guy runs a four four. Okay. Who's faster? The guy who runs a 4-4. It's an advantage. I think it's the 4-4 He did not yeah. tell me there was going to be math. Yeah. That's yeah. bullshit. That's right. Go ahead. Four's yeah. lower than five. There right. you go. Thanks, Boom. Guys. Thank you. Go. That's Terry, coaching, not criticism. Please jump in here. <laughs> Any numbers, guys, but the please thing help. Is, go. Good. Go but ahead, the thing about like it is, you're holding your fingers. You're hold, this. For people out there listening, yeah. Mike's holding his fingers like little thimble yeah. signs, <laughs> yeah. which I don't know what that means. That's a signature I'm, move. He's got I'm both getting, hands yes. up with little <laughs> like this. thimble, little baby, little to sh- baby thimbles. To show the difference so between little people <laughs> running. Yes, little people are running okay. like this. There are little baby people running. If and you one can runs get in four, three. a Go. slight advantage. <laughs> yes. Okay. okay. A slight advantage. That is the difference between scoring a touchdown yes. and not scoring a touchdown. But if you're a great team... Doesn't matter. You're but just, are they you're just fucking dominant? But are they, Jimmy? Do well, you like? Do you like? All right. Just, just from everyone I here think, who has watched great teams over yeah, okay. the years and years, uh, you look at the Cowboys that won all these Super Bowls. You look at our Steelers. You look at these these great teams yes. that had great, phenomenal players. Whenever I think of the Patriots, I don't think of superstar players. I don't see standout guys. Vrabel was cut from us, what, like 12 times? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then he became a super... It's just... every Nothing, well, seems, right. nothing a, seems right about that program. I think Brady is a, a great player, T. I think, uh, I think Lawyer Malloy and, and uh, Ty Law, I think they were all great players during those eras. Well, Ty, I think they, Eddie, they Teddy Bruschi was a good linebacker. I think they had good, some players. And, and say how was I think good. if you put these... Yeah, junior when he played that year or two. And uh, uh, Corey Dillon, I think they won a Super Bowl with him at running back. I'm just, you know, but look at the years they really won. Randy Moss. They didn't win the Super Bowl. They, they almost did with Moss. He scored the mm-hmm. touchdown. Yeah. I went 16 and 0 with them, I think. They was, went undefeated yeah. and they broke records. I'm just well, saying, it was when you had players like well, Moss. Eight, well, declining playoffs, they went When you had players yeah, like yeah. Moss, you're right. Now, think about this. When these teams, when, when the. Uh, Patriots won the championship. It, it's who and we always say this, guys. Who could win in a who could win in the playoffs? Who could win under the gun when things are happening? And that's what made Brady great because those teams. When they, I don't know if their records were the best records in in the world whenever they won their Super Bowls, but guess what? In the playoffs came. They were able to show up and play, mm-hmm. and it comes down to players. I think LT was LT. Watch Lawrence Taylor. I don't give a shit if anyone if he knew knew the player or not. He was dominant. JJ Watt. I don't care if they know what he's going to do or not. Those are he's dominant. dominant. But, but let me ask you, and I apologize, yeah, but Jimmy, good. think about the last play in the Super Bowl that decided everything. Okay. Seahawks are on the one-yard line, okay? Yeah. That phenomenal play that that DB made where he basically burst through and made a great read and got that interception. What if because of the reason why he knew that that play was coming is because he that someone got a play sheet and said, okay, when they go to this formation and they run this, don't worry. They're not going to run a double move. Don't worry about anything. Go straight ahead because this is what the play could, is going even, to be. They could have knew, oh, this is like blue 47 or whatever, and they yeah. know that that's a short pass. They like, could have jumped it on it. Because the Patriots have won all four of their Super Bowls by three points or less. Yes. 
no, all those games are close games, and that little tiny bit of edge. That's a funny. I mean, you still got to make the plays and everything. I mean, you still got to make the interception. Still... Just go, but if that guy was that dominant, I mean, because he made it up. Everyone's going an amazing play. What if that amazing play was done because the co- the coach goes, okay, we don't think we know when they do this. Don't worry about anything else. Go forward. It's going to be and that just slant execute. play. Execute. You know, you know, you know, it just died right here. My theory. <laughs> <laughs> this is at a funeral in a casket. <laughs> And you weren't wearing pink. <laughs> that was awesome. The white suit. Jimmy Young's theory. Right the down suit, baby. like a fucking bird. <laughs> so spill my coffee. Again. <laughs> Nothing Jimmy. going from here. But I <laughs> well, I'll tell you what. Pete Carroll sure didn't know that play was going to be. I'll tell you what. I, I mean, that is... A, I think a ballsy thing if he because everybody I don't know sure. why how do you know Marshawn Lynch wasn't going to get the ball on that play? That I, I agree with you're saying, but come on, I would be if I was coaching, I'd be like, listen, if I was Bill, I'd be like, look, I know we found that dumpster, the pass play, but they're running that fucking ball to Marshawn Lynch. <laughs> <laughs> they can't be I've that dumb. Wrong. They can't be that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't trust they our can't cheating. Be that dumb. <laughs> At that point, I don't I, trust I saw, our cheating. I saw we nine need video. trash diggers. We I need know, new ones. Yes. <laughs> I know I saw a video of them throwing that slant, but I am going with beast mode. But then now, now you start thinking of those plays. Like you start thinking of the players too that left the Patriots after becoming these huge stars. Dion Branch yeah. went to Seattle. He wasn't shit. Uh, Richard Seymour went to Oakland. He, he turned into shit. shit. But they, and Lord that, Roy but went to Buffalo. He was shit. Older and, oh, though, they, they, they were kind of done. I mean, they were well, kind of beat up. Um, Oh, who's you know. the, there's someone else from the Patriots that uh, Castle. Castle wasn't that old. Now, does that but here's the thing though, T. Does that mean that the fucking system was better? Because think about it. The system. That, but that's what I'm saying. Was yeah. the system better? They have a good they have a good system. Was the system better? The castle. Yeah. But what is the system? system? What is the system? Was it like <laughs> swagger jack and defense <laughs> and just throwing? Essentially, it? basically, Bill Belichick is the biggest play gazer, is what's coming down yes. to in the history. Yeah. That's that, that's a Madden time. I, Maybe I he's that. just the one that got caught. I understand <laughs> it. Again, I, I think that like through the history though, I remember what you know, the Raiders, you, you used to hear about this, you know, the, the Vaseline and the jerseys and all that stuff and you're you know, you heard different things about players doing this and you know trying to get an edge and all that stuff. But I always like to believe it comes down to the players in the game. I still think it just comes down to the the players on the field and making plays when they're great athletes. And I think I don't. In other words, I still can't imagine the Patriots not being looked at as a championship team because of this. I can't see it. I mean. It, they're still championship team. And this is why Roger The Steelers Goodell, are a championship yeah. team. No matter what, they could say about – remember they said about the steroids in the 70s? Well, others were doing it too. In other words, there's always guys and teams going for advantages and stuff. Mm-hmm. Are they the only ones that did – I don't know. I'm not saying that's good or anything, but I'm just saying I just can't say but that they're sock. It illegal back then. I can't like say it, was. it, it wasn't was. illegal. It and, wasn't – it wasn't. And, and also, here's the thing about that argument that I always blow up people because when you go up to New England, yeah. that's their thing. Right. An NFL football team is made up of 53 individuals from all over the country that all went to different universities that all go home during the offseason. You're meaning to tell me for 10 years they all had this secret ointment, this secret injection that made them super strong and they told no one? Like, exactly. But here's the thing, though. Just, what is the same thing with the cheating thing? It's like, all right, well, I'm supposed to believe that, that, that the Patriots are, would, would never have won. In other words, that's the way they won. They won everything because of the four Super Bowls. 
Which because of that, it's hard for me to buy in. Have the, the Browns been cheating, but just not very good at That's it? That's just it. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> if it came down to that, you mean it's something you can't get good spies or people that can cheat better or something? That, I mean. If that's what it comes well, down Bella to. Chicken, if it came down he to, is he just like the best cheater in the world? No one else is that good? Well, the Browns are just stupid. They send <laughs> they send people to check garbage at like places where the team didn't stay. But can't you just... But if it got <laughs> They're down in the fucking back of a TGI Friday. If it really got down to cheating, <laughs> if it really got down to what we're saying, couldn't they hire people to do that? Couldn't you just... Wouldn't there be a whole service out there for all the other... And why aren't all the other teams doing it? Because I don't know. Like, there's no service out there. Like, going, hey, look, guys, these guys want four Super Bowls. And uh, let's get the let's get better spies. It's a combination of good coaching and good cheating. You're absolutely right. Just, <laughs> he runs it like a well-oiled machine. Yeah. Or it's just great. Like everything that they do is off the ball. Uh, that is a dangerous combination. It good is coaching, good players, and good, good cheating. cheating. I know. I just <laughs> see. I just think it comes out of just play and coaching, and which is why game. Roger I Goodell fought do, like hell. I think people do to things, keep this under wraps. I think people do things to get an edge in oh, things, yeah. like, and they do. I'm sure all these crazy things that, but. So, I don't know. So man. Jimmy, it's, hard, do, it's hard for me to buy into the, any pro athlete and pro great team. You know, like it's different to me. It's different with a performance enhancing enhancing drug than an entire organization. Because entire thing, all these players together, you know, winning these championships and stuff with with plays and and like you said, Mike, there's a little luck and injuries and all that stuff comes into play in winning championships. It's hard for me to just spend now. Now, performance enhancing drugs to me is different because like a guy like Bonds. Uh, how many balls would hit the warning track? Would make him, that's the thing I wonder with with that. Like, would they go out? Like, would it would it be fifty home runs maybe that went to the warning track and that extra juice in his arm or or his head or wherever he hit the juice <laughs> yeah. pushed it out of the, the you know that's the thing with the point. The difference of the entire organization and them saying, well, it all got down to them, you know, dumpster diving. Well, with the steroids, it's hard, it's hard to, it is it's hard, hard to, to tell. It could be that the pitcher was on juice and throwing it extra hard and made you know the contact and one out. It's hard to it's hard to quantify the, I guess. the effects of, and it's hard you to got, quantify got, the, right, so the you, Patriot thing. Oh, no, yeah. Do you guys, the, Terry, do you believe that the Patriots are just a bad team? And okay, they got lucky. Um, no, I don't believe that. I don't believe that they're a horrible team. Um, but you don't I think, think they're a championship team, but. I, they won the championships, but it's just making me wonder now because there's so many plays that I'm going back to and so many games where they were just so right. dominant that it's making me wonder what did they know to be that dominant? What was going on for them to be able to know and read every single exact thing? You think? I mean, you were you were you coach. Think, I mean, if if this from a coach because not only were you a player, you were do coach. You, do you think that, that, you that think? that's what it is? That they're just not a good. If you had that same information as a coach, that's what that is. That's what that's why Here's, they're so good. It's it, it. I believe it's but back to what Terry said. It puts a hint of doubt in your mind because, like, go again. You you go back to certain. But plays what do you and, think as a coach? Do you just think they're a good team or bad? I think they're a great organization, a why? great they're, team. But, but wait, you can't have it both ways. You can't tell me. Can I answer the whole I, deal I, about them <laughs> cheating and they're great organization? They're great a team. great organization, but at the NFL level. Everybody's so equal. It really is. I mean, if you look at the the every roster, even the the crappiest, the Jacksonville Jaguars compared to the New England Patriots. But Mikey, that's where the argument was earlier, where you said that they took out the whole first option. Yes. My option was that they're so equal. They, the second option, but if you're, almost but the if same. You, but it's it, what it comes down to is I'm if you've got you now, motherfucker. <laughs> what? <laughs> what? I'm gonna go at you. I'm and I got answers. But here's, <laughs> here's what it comes down let, to: if Mike, you've got those stopping, five, we'll be here all day. Me wrong and it hurt. Ding, ding, ding. <laughs> if you, have, my inner child just screamed at me. 
<laughs> you know what, Mike? I'm gonna if you I'm have those email five. you. I'm gonna email you right after this. <laughs> <laughs> tell me, send them a nasty tweet. Send me a nasty <laughs> tweet. Tell me how much I'm bad. I suck. Can I do that? Is yes. that right, Mike? <laughs> That'd okay. be great if Jim Cred sent me shit. I'm gonna start. I'm gonna email Mike Sasson and say I'm mad. Mike. I'm mad at you. Dear it comes Mike down Sasson. to it's and I'm so not tight. Give my name, but you'll know yeah. it's me. It's so tight. Let me know it's you. It's so tight that if you know what, if you if one play here, one play there, it can make a difference. One play can. Yes. But do you think he's, but do you think the cheating is a big like as far as them huge deal? If they do you think they cheated Mike to win those championships? You think that's what that's my, no. my what I'm trying to say. Terry says yes, right? T, you and, and you do you think they cheated to win those championships? Does, does it taint you as far as like I, I just like these word taint? Does it taint you <laughs> to uh, uh, your thought toward like you said? There's a doubt now, but would you vote them as like hey they're one of the great teams? Their taintness now? is really high at this point. Bro, we just, there's heavy taint. It's a we, nice we, high taint. It's insane amount of taint. I showed you a video of Romo. But you had, all right, let me put Tony Romo kick the this? ball let's into make, the first plate or right, to the first down. Let's make this broader. <laughs> give me one of the give me the top three teams in the NFL. All time or this year? This year. Last three years. Last what? five years. Well, you gotta say Patriots are one of them. Okay, Seahawks. Really? Okay. But why, but why but do the we others say the Patriots can't be, are So one the of them. Patriots are the only ones that, that have all this stuff going on, but they, and that makes them one of them. So you're saying that if they could dumpster dive and all that, that makes them one of them. They're the only ones that can do this. Again. That's what the confusing thing with me is. Like, but I think, let me is ask you this possible? question. But let me ask you this question. Was, okay, so let's say the Nixon administration. Okay, they were doing all of this stuff and they had the enemies list and all this kind they of stuff. They didn't have to do it. Okay, just like Bill Chick did. But do it. you sit there and you look <laughs> at him and go, "Were they points. the only organization? Yeah. Were they the only administration that did all this stuff?" Now they say, "Oh, to different degrees, other ones did." Kennedy, blah blah blah, and you know all this kind of stuff. But they did it to such an extreme but that it, ultimately it, you could sit there and say, "Were they the only ones?" No, but I believe they did it to a different extreme. And they were sixty-two points up or something on that. You know, in other words, my man, deep throat. Yeah, Nixon didn't have to do it. He was that is, crushing. Is Nixon. The, the polls yeah, were beyond right. belief. It was the same thing. What I'm saying is trivial. In other words, so do you look at that as like saying, "Well, that's what I'm saying." It's like I'm not. I don't know if that even counts as far as the dumpster diving thing because I'm looking at anyone I talk to say who's the top three teams in the last ten years or whatever. Patriots are going to have to be in the top three or four. Steelers, Patriots, Seattle, right or whatever. But we say the Patriots because of this stuff, but we didn't know this much. Like. And you'd then, have to knock them out of those top, though, because you you'd have to say, well, they did that because they did, got in the dumpsters and they got the first 10 plays, and there's no way they're the top three, so they, they couldn't be in it. What did you think they're, of the hit list then? When Remember when uh, the Saints did Oh, Peyton did, Manning? When the or Saints Peyton, did Peyton, that. Yeah. Yeah. When the Saints no, that's the pizza list. Yeah. <laughs> Sean Payton. <laughs> when I think of the pizza list, it was delicious. Well, that was the, the, the hit list. <laughs> like the, the hit list, I understood. I, you know, we all played football. I mean, there's a fantasy where people don't believe football's violent and they don't think it's a business, but it is violent. And I, I don't think it was right. So what? It was it was caught? That's it was thrown out. Now, if they, if they caught them cheating, whatever, yeah. But I didn't I didn't think that New Orleans didn't deserve the championship the year they won. But, and I mean, do I don't you, think anything less of their team. Their do you feel like they great. should have been penalized for that and treated the way that they, they were? They were penalized pretty harsh. They, yeah. Their coach was penalized beyond belief, right? Yeah. T? Do you think he, he should have been? Yes, yes, absolutely. Well, Absolutely, so. and I think, and I think if, if they they find Belichick and all, penalize them harshly. I but think I they still. Go to the but I'm fame. just saying, I'm not taking away their wins, so and who they are. I don't like, think we can. Like I think it yeah. should be penalized because even though cheating, it doesn't cheating doesn't help Vinatieri kick those 
field goals that was win my it. That doesn't point. have any. Yeah. But he might put him in position to make that field goal. There goes Sasson again. Fucker. <laughs> <laughs> you won't let up, but you still got to make so it. Do we, yeah. So do we say email. the same thing about Barry Bonds? I mean, do we say that Barry Bonds took these roids and at the end of the day he did hit those home runs and not just anyone on steroids? Because Barry Bonds has said stuff like, I don't understand how steroid makes you hit a home run. Look, I know, and I think that's delusional there because I think the difference is, like I said, if you hit the ball to the morning track and it's not going over, you know, if you didn't take, if you took those steroids, you know, maybe you could hit it over uh, the wall. Fifty home runs. So I keep going to that point, but yeah, I, I, I like Barry. I think Barry Bonds is one of the great players of all time. I saw him play when he was 175, 185 oh, pounds. Definitely here in one of the best of all he time. Did, that's the sadness. That's the sad. Just going back to my whole point. I don't say they shouldn't penalize these people. I'm not saying it's immoral. It is immoral or not immoral. It is. I'm saying is it's trivial. I believe Barry Bonds would have been an MVP, Hall of Fame first ballot guy if he didn't take one steroid. He's that fucking. He was talented. almost in the Hall of Fame before he, took he would have been. He'd have been Ken be- Griffey Jr. And yeah. I believe if he that, yeah. I believe I that, that. Belichick and the Patriots would have been a strong organization. Whether they did the dumpster diving stuff and all the other things, I so that was my. I just think they're just fucking good. I think Brady's makes plays and whatever, and I think uh, our Steelers and, and the Patriots and. Probably the last 12, 15 years, probably two best teams, right? We're going to say, I think. That's the thing, the, the doubt. It's the doubt. That's what throws you in. Once again, Sasson's killing her. <laughs> <laughs> we, we, have, we have died. We have died. <laughs> Je- you're tearing me apart. You're tearing me apart. Mother, you we recommend you, motherfucker. That was our Tommy Mizzou. Was it Mizzou? With Sue, we, with Sue, he's my yeah. Hero. We recommend the room, move the room. By the way, it's our movie pick of the week. Want you to pick, it'll actually, it'll it. be our movie pick of every week. Every oh week, God. <laughs> hey man, boy, it's, it was a fun show, guys. I appreciate it. That was, that was a lot of fun. Hey everyone, enjoy uh, the kickoff of the football season and everything, and and continue the debate. Uh, take my side. Don't take Sasson's. <laughs> <laughs> Terry uh, agreed with sure me. Terry don't, don't agreed with I'm, you. I'm stuck in the middle, bro. Just because Terry agreed and Mike. Yeah, Terry and Mike were more neutral, I think. I've been neutral this mm-hmm. whole time. I think he's more neutral. And I think uh, Sasson's wrong, but who cares? Yeah, right? it's, just, it's just a little uh, inner voice. I'll write we all agree on the email later. Letter later. Yeah. Let we, me not say <laughs> fuck the Patriots before I get a fucking <laughs> inbox like I did before. Why not fuck the Patriots? If I say fuck the Patriots, someone's going to be like, what you mean? Fuck us. <laughs> they always send me messages. Oh, go Steelers, why. man. We we want to kick their asses. Go Steelers. Yes. <laughs> and good luck to all your teams out there. Whatever, wherever city you're in. It's all fun. Unless you're in Boston. Come by, yeah. Or Providence. Or this any one, of those other non-football-loving New England towns. <laughs> or Cleveland. <laughs> or Cincinnati. Y'all wicked crazy, Sasson. <laughs> uh, hey, man, I appreciate uh, listening. Uh, we had such a great time. It's Jim Crane, No Restrictions on the Sideshow Network. Hey, everybody. It's Jim Crane of Jim Crane, No Restrictions. I just wanted to take the time out to thank you for listening to the show. We have a little over 100,000 subscribers now every week listening to the show. Go to SoundCloud, iTunes, Stitcher, or JimCran.com and subscribe today. And thanks again. If your business, whether large or small, is in need of commercial collections, choose PrimeCore Group. PrimeCore Group is a Pittsburgh-based corporate collections agency. Now, if your business is owed money, PrimeCore Group is there to help you. On a contingency basis only, 
PrimeCore Group will recover what is owed to you in a professional and trusted manner. Contact PrimeCore Group today by going to primecoregroup.com. If you like listening to comedy, try watching it on the internet. The folks behind the Sideshow Network have launched a new YouTube channel called Wait For It. It's got interviews with comedians like Reggie Watts, Todd Glass, Liza Schleichinger, Schleichinger, I've been friends with her for 10 years, one of the funniest people out there, and I still have a hard time with the last name, Liza. Our very own Owen Benjamin, that's me, takes you on a musical journey down internet rabbit holes and much more. You don't have to wait any longer. Just go to youtube.com slash waitforitcomedy. There's no need to wait for it anymore because it's here and it's funny. And I love you. In 2001, Vonage revolutionized home phone service, making it better. After such a colossal breakthrough, who would have objected if Vonage said, Enjoy better, world. Vonage will be at the spa. But today, Vonage is not at the spa having its trouble area worked on, but transforming communications for your business with award-winning cloud-based solutions. See how your business can get the better it deserves. Call 1-800-5-VONAGE or go to Vonage.com. Vonage, the business of better. 